Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Well, hello and welcome to the China Shop, everyone. Step on in, step on in. I'm Shopkeeper Dan. With me, as always, is the inimitable Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. How are you doing today, Kyle? What does imitable mean, Dan? No one can imitate you. Inimitable. Oh, okay. Is that good or bad? <laughs> the, the eye of the beholder right there. <laughs> well, I'll let you know when I figure it out. Right? Uh, come on into the shop with us today. Sit back, relax, rage against the hedge machine. We'd like to welcome any new listeners just joining us. We're here smashing our way around the China shop, getting those strategies to grow our gains and cut our losses. Sometimes it works. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. If, you, if you're also new to stock trading in general, you might want to Check out our resource and knowledge centers on financialneptitude.com. We've got a lot of beginning trading episodes that we, we link to in these episodes. You can give one of those a listen. But the best place we feel to be is our Discord server, kind of like a bunch of great people get on there every day. It's just a really awesome place to be. Yeah, we're starting to get some coders in there now, too. People working on Sierra charts, indicators. You're working on your bot with VRAN. Yes, lots of, uh, yeah. Stuff is happening. People helping us, people losing with us so we don't feel so bad. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and sometimes doing well and making us feel spite. <laughs> no, I feel I feel proud whenever anybody posts their, something that worked on there. Unless like, yes. I'm losing and then I'm like, ah, oh, why did I listen to you? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's just always better with friends. If you find yourself uh, joining that Discord server, make sure you send us a private message or email uh, with your home mailing address so we can send you some uh, smash it yourself swag straight from the shop. Yep. Uh, packages just went out for the latest batch uh, uh, last week, so they should be getting something soon. The people who messaged me uh, the previous week. And our uh, package mule is showing up today, so uh, anybody who's joining and wants to get their orders in, do it quick. Do it quick. <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're just really glad everybody's here. We we have so much fun, and it's uh it's always better with with more friends and, and you listeners. You you make this experience so great for us. And we're just glad you're here, Kyle. That uh, brings us up to the show news. We got any any exciting stuff on the radar? Maybe a maybe at least lot. at least one a lot at least one stuff. or two big <laughs> interviews we're waiting for. <laughs> well, first of all, we attended the boot camp this week, so we're working on trying to get Vico back uh, for next week to do a recap with him. Um, mm -hmm. One of the lessons got delayed till Tuesday, so that that recap definitely won't be ready for Wednesday. So it's probably one of those things that we'll just record and release it as soon as we uh, as soon as we have it. Okay. Um, rounding out uh, February, we've got Sarah Glass coming back. We have Flurry and Leo from Orderflow Labs. Yes. Uh, Jonathan Baird from the Global Investment Letter is visiting us, and Ian Ooh. Fraser is coming on to talk about his book Shredded, uh, the story about the Royal Bank of Scotland. Holy shit! I love it. I love oh getting these authors on here, and they write the books about the awesome stuff. I've already got March filling up too. I got Rich Friesen coming back. Uh, let me look at the calendar here. Uh, Rich Friesen is a, a person we met on Twitter who's uh, writing up his his findings on uh, trading the SPY options. So really looking forward to talking to him. Kay White, if you want to follow him. Eric Mason, Anthony Vecino, who is a real estate person. Eric Mason's more of an economics explainer, so we'll be able to maybe finally figure out why what the Fed says means so goddamn much. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they just keep coming. I've got like a bunch more that I'm trying to get through too. Wow, uh, that's that's fucking amazing. Oh, <laughs> I, lo I love I love uh, all these guests. It's it's been such a pleasure and a privilege to to get to talk <laughs> to so many great great people. We're so glad you're here. We have got a heroic, a historical, homeopathic episode for you today. <laughs> Homeopathic <laughs> means very little content, <laughs> and you have to believe in it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to believe it to get it to work, Kyle. <laughs> 
we got lots of market moving news, plenty of stocks on the radar, and more options than Russia's got tanks on the Ukrainian border. Oh, I was going to talk a little bit about that in the news, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Beat you to it. <laughs> I, I keep thinking of that line in Civilization where, like, when you mass up your army on another country's borders and they like, hey, uh, what the fuck are you doing? And you're just like, oh, oh, they're just passing through. No problem. <laughs> just passing through. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine that conversation between Russia and Ukraine. Oh, they're just passing through. No problem. It's just, uh, no, no, no problem, Dimitri. Calm down. Like, where are they passing to? <laughs> You don't pass through your borders into somebody else's. Passing through your borders, getting to your capital. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and and as always, reach out to us, folks. We do love and adore your messages, your comments, uh, whether it's on Twitter, or Facebook, or Discord. Maybe you're old school and you send us an email to two bulls at financialneptune.com or you send us a phone call, 725-22-BULLS. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you made or maybe you just washed out of the Olympic hockey team and your only chance to get back mm. in the Olympics is figure skating. It doesn't matter. We just love it when you reach out. God, I haven't seen that one in a while. Yeah, that's a, that's a callback, right? Yeah, that's an old one. Joe pick. I can't believe I've seen that movie. <laughs> It was a classic. <laughs> so uh, I understand, Kyle, we got a couple messages. We do. Uh, one was from our good friend, Ryan, who uh, maybe was a bit uh, tipsy when he sent this. But <laughs> 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 After our interview with uh, uh, James Falk, uh, this is what Ryan said. Uh, I'm sorry, I get getting both sides of a story. But with every rebuttal or criticism coming from you, our side, the U.S., his response was, well, it happened on your side too. I'm drunk. I feel like China's on to you guys. I remember you saying something along the lines, why not come up with your own shit? Fuck China. You <laughs> <laughs> said that was an awful unedited message that I'm just sent, but I'm just amped up for some reason right now. Yeah. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Very salty about China. <laughs> Fuck China. <laughs> it's got me scared to schedule any more guests who are, you know, Asian experts. <laughs> No, no, I know. It's fine. We, we can get Ryan all riled up. That's fun. <laughs> we also got a message from our friend Coil Spotting on the Discord. Uh, she said she listened to the latest episode and after extensive research determined that when we recorded the show, we were high as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't think we were high. I think the problem with that one was there was an issue with the editing and uh, yeah, uh, there was some, some syncing on it that made it kind of sound disjointed. It is fixed. It is fixed. That was that was me trying to, to filter out my mouth. My, my, touchpad clicking mm, but gotcha. it's 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 good now <laughs> it's good now all right we got one other message but i'll save it for crypto foreshadow it yeah that's where we'll be talking about that uh which brings us uh, up to the bet and i'm excited to talk about the bet this week yeah you don't go first that's right <laughs> well i still made money though i was taking target uh, i was wanting to short it God, this happens so many times when I find a good short target that when it opens on Monday, it's already almost at my target. <laughs> so I had a target of 215. It opened at 218.78. And it, it pretty much took off throughout like the middle of the week. It almost hit my stop at 233. Luckily, I set it really high and was able to capture a little bit of that sell-off on, uh, on Friday. So it hit my uh, take profit at 215, then stopped me out at my break even. So I made like five bucks after all of that convoluted mess. I went from 516.88 to 521.35. Was it worth it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was hoping for an AMC rebound, like the, the like it's it closed under 20, and I was like, this thing's gonna go back up. These apes are gonna push it back up. But if they don't, I'm gonna put my stop at 19 half and flipped to short, mm -hmm. which is what happened. Uh, AMC, it opened at 1979. It did it did hover above 20 for a little bit, but then it just uh, sank right through. Uh, got down to in the 16s at one point, but I didn't have a take profit for uh, the, the flip. Yeah. Uh, ended the week at 1797. So initially, uh, on my entry, on my long entry, I took took about six, seven dollars of loss, but then when it uh, flipped short, uh, maybe maybe about thirty five bucks. So I ended up with uh, four hundred eighty six dollars seventy seven cents. Do I need to double check your math? You you, you don't need to, but you're welcome <laughs> to. <laughs> All right, there may be a correction issued tomorrow or uh, next week. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, random stock uh, had night transportation, which opened at 5602, closed at 5565, taking random from 50402 down to 569 cents. Mm, wow. So fuck you, random. Fuck you, random. I'm closing <laughs> the gap. I'm catching up. Yeah, yeah, you are. It's still pretty close. It could be anyone's game here. 10% winner is, uh, is all it's going to take. That's right. That is right. Okay. Well, there you have it. We're going to make another bet at the end of the show. Stick around. Check that out. But until then, I think it might be time to talk about some news. Do we have any new songs yet? Oh, you had to bring that up. You just <laughs> you just had to bring that up. Uh, your head's been getting a little too big with this trading bot. I'm going to knock you back down to reality. <laughs> <laughs> Well, believe it or not, it finally happened yesterday. Uh, I sat down and went, I don't want to work on this trading bot right now. You know, it's just, a, mm-hmm. just it, it only took 14 days of continuous <laughs> all, I, all I was thinking about before I was like, eh, I think I'll think, I'll think about something else right now. Anyway. Well, we all know why we're listening today. The sharpest person with the week to replay. So sit back, we got some market affairs. Get some stories for the fools and the bears. Clowns running companies. Laws change overnight. Here we are. It's time for China Shop News. Yeah, now it's time for China Shop News. All right, Dan, you want to lead us off? Sure. A woman named Kristalina Georgieva. Mm hmm is the managing director of the International Monetary Fund. She has mentioned casually to friends, no, no, she was <laughs> very much announcing uh, that any interest rate hikes by the Federal Reserve could, quote, throw cold water on an already weak economic recoveries in certain countries. She's taking a bold stance. Very bold stance. Considering that the threat of rates has already thrown cold water on the recovery. Yeah. As we've seen this previous week. Which means really at this point it might already be priced in. Well, in, in, in our markets, but she's specifically referring to how US increasing US rates could have significant implications for countries with higher levels of dollar de- denominated debt. Mm-hmm. So so she's saying like the countries that are depending on and using the dollar for their debt stuff, like if we hike the rates, it fucks them over. Oh, well, I mean, that sounds like a them problem. America first. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. This was on CNN. CNBC. Uh, she also added that her message to countries with high levels of dollar-denominated debt was: "Act now. If you can extend maturities, please do it. If you have currency mismatches, now is the moment to address them." That's so nice. But I want to talk real quick about the IMF fund. Uh, the, what was it? The International Monetary Fund. Yeah. Doesn't that sound like uh, something George Costanza made up as like a charity? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right to to give gifts is in Christmas cards. I donated a thousand dollars in your name to the International Monetary Fund. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, that kind of ties into the the one that I was looking at here, which I kind of alluded to. The stocks tumbling on Friday, and basically all this week has just been kind of a bloodbath. It seems like yeah, you know, earnings kicked off. Uh, banks were not really doing all that great. Netflix came in and dropped twenty percent after they uh, delivered a weak report. Uh, crypto's been falling. Oil, gold prices all slipping. Uh, Everybody is worried about, you know, the hawkish Fed Reserve and interest rate hikes, rising inflation, uh, yeah, the whole gamut of things. Mm-hmm. So there's, I think they're coming into their meeting this week, or this upcoming week. A lot of this might be just kind of hedging for some of that because they should be in their blackout period right now. In, in expectation of what the Fed is going to be saying, you're, you're, you're thinking that uh, the, the market is dropping, trying to price in the bad news before the bad news happens? Yeah, uh, I think that's usually how that works, right? Yeah. So then there would be potential then if uh, the Fed comes out and they're not as hawkish, then we could see some really nice bullish reaction to that. But, you know, what's the likelihood of that when we're seeing like the highest inflation we've seen in like 40 years? Mm-hmm. And the uh, the other issue tying still in with the IMF story and, and your story is at the beginning of the pandemic, like all of the banking groups across the world were like acting in sync and in concert mm-hmm. doing similar things. But through the recovery, every country is doing different things at different speeds. Hmm. So it's really messing up a lot, <laughs> lot of a uh, lot of the progress 
because you know inflation's five uh, percent in Europe, but UK and US is uh, the highest it's ever been. So now Europe and UK, the banks are going to be doing different things, right? And a lot of these stocks that we're trading, these companies, they're not just like you know Apple. It's an American company. Well, they're trading all over the world. So right, I think yeah, I think a lot of it is getting priced down. I'm really interested to see what happens next week. Uh, we're chatting with uh, Vico a little bit. Uh, as I was asking him when, you know, it's time to start loading up on spy calls. He's uh, of the impression that we're going to see closer to 5,000 before we see closer, you know, 4,300 on the futures market. Really? Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, we dipped into the 4,300s. I did clarify that with him. He did say 4,300 or lower. Mm. <laughs> so, so he thinks we're going to get one more rip still. And Vico's been pretty fucking solid on these things, so I'll, I'll put my trust in him. Really? Uh, I don't know. I did pick up a few spy calls just for the hell of it. Kind of was a lotto play uh, at the close on Friday. Oh, did you? How long How long were they dated? Uh, one week, just looking for a bounce on Monday. Yeah, 4,300 is is that, uh, that, that official pivot point for that long-term trend for switching mm. from bullish to bearish. That might explain why he had that as his level. Yeah, looking looking at the ES. Um, what else you got as far as news? Uh, I saw a nice story that uh, that definitely caught my attention, uh, titled Europe Not Experiencing Anything Like the Great Resignation. Really? Well, I mean, that's not surprising, actually, if you think about the way they treat their workers there. Right? They don't, they don't want to leave their jobs. What? What's wrong with them? <laughs> a lot of the countries out there take like a month off, it seems like. They do. They do. Like I know when we try to order parts from like Sweden, like you can't get anything in February. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's like a winner. <laughs> There's one month in there that like, you know, like if you need parts, like you better make sure you got everything stocked up before they go on their vacation. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, the Eurozone, had their inflation has hit a record high of 5% in December. Mm-hmm. So the ECB, they call it, European Central Bank, their president, Christine Lagarde, on Friday said that the inflation in, your, in, in the euro area is unlikely to hit the U.S. levels. Hmm. Maybe they haven't been printing as much. Well, because the, the Europe doesn't share the U.S.'s state of excessive demand. What does that mean? What are they saying? We buy too much? Uh, I think it's labor <laughs> demand. Oh, 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 oh. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Sorry, I'm feeling a little feisty today. I feel like everyone's attacking me. <laughs> well, fuck you, Europe. What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> You're not better than us. Demand my dick. Yeah. We'll see who's crying when you need us to save you from Russia. <laughs> With all the tanks on the Ukrainian border. <laughs> oh, this is a salty show. I should have gone with S's this morning. <laughs> well, Ryan set the tone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we gotta we gotta appeal to that base. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh core inflation core inflation in the US is at five point five percent and in the euro area it's at two point six percent. So <sighs> Europe's doing okay compared to us. I'm just I'm not gonna lie. Makes you want I mean, is it worth trying to learn how to trade some currencies? I mean you you can trade currencies on Sierra charts, can't you? Yeah, I think so. You can trade the euro. Just wonder if it might be worth getting some euros to hedge against the dollar inflation. Could be the way to go. If I knew anything about currency exchanges and that stuff, then you know this might make a good segment, but I know nothing. <laughs> I'm not even sure why we're talking about it. Uh, to, to, to sum up the story, Lagarde did say uh, that she's assuming for the moment energy prices will stabilize in 2022. All the, the bottlenecks of trucking and stuff are going to stabilize, and gradually those inflation numbers will decline. But she did note that the the ECB's inflation outlook, the European Central Bank, uh, their outlook was subject to change. Once we have completed our net asset purchases, purchases, we will look at other tools in the toolbox, including interest rate hikes. So they are they're still buying assets over there. Mm-hmm. That might be why they're having a different different experience than we are right now in 2022. <laughs> All right. Do you get any other stories? I got one more. Nope, I do not. Uh, this is one that my wife sent me that uh, was kind of interesting. Uh, so there's a whole shitload of airline flights that keep getting canceled due to the 5G launches near airports. So Verizon and AT&T have actually decided to uh, delay the rollout of 5G near these airports. I guess there's a lot of concern. The segment of the spectrum in the C-band purchased by AT&T and Verizon happen to sit right next to frequencies used by radio altimeters and aircraft. Oh, So those radio altimeters, uh, not only 
really determine the height above ground as they come in for landing or taking off, but they're also tied to many other systems in the aircraft. So I think they had said that they're on like visual only landings in several airports where they just kind of went ahead and rolled this thing out even after they said they were going to. And I believe that the uh, airlines actually made like a, a plea directly to Biden trying to get this thing, you know, addressed. So it's has nothing to do with 5G controlling our brains, but instead it's 5g is confusing air airplane brains uh, you know like has a plane ever gone down because somebody had their cell phone on at takeoff um not that i'm aware of and you know there's always one asshole on the plane that doesn't turn their phone off <laughs> or you forget i've forgotten and then like oh the plane didn't crash well that's good to know <laughs> Right? Like, they don't sit there and like the pilots be like, we can't take off until everyone turns their flight phones onto airplane mode. So I don't know if this is just the uh, the airline industry trying to like flex. Um, AT&T and Verizon did say that their transmissions for the towers will not interfere with the altimeters or other aviation electronics. And they say the technology has been used safely in more than 40 other countries. But they did agree to postpone turning on 5G towers around some airports. They did not immediately say how many or for how long this delay would continue. So it's a problem is, is just when they're around airports, when the people are landing? Yeah, yeah. Well, because once you get up into the air, then you're outside the range of a lot of that shit, right? I guess. Well, I'm just wondering about the process of a pilot landing. What do you mean? Yep, there's the airport. I can see it. We're going down. Okay. Oh, shit. We're halfway through landing and my sensors don't work? Like, what? are they not looking out the window? Like, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> There's a lot of airports where you can't do visual only. You have to rely on the instruments. Really? Yes. Oh. Now, so think about like fog or at night or you know, rainy weather. Yeah, there's a lot of conditions where you're landing basically on instruments. Well, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm not a pilot. <laughs> it's something that you don't want to fuck around with. But on the other hand, too, I remember when they were like talking about putting towers up or the uh, uh, coyotes were trying to like negotiate a lease that was or a building construction of a new arena near one of the airports. And the airport was like flexing, saying that it's too tall. You can't be above this height. Like, well, there's a fucking apartment complex closer than that proposed building is going to be higher than that is on the other side where the planes come in for landing like why is that a pro- not a problem right well they probably just want some money or some concessions or just to show that they're that they matter <laughs> we're important uh, that's kind of the impression i get <laughs> but i'm also not uh, you know an expert in this field so <laughs> what what do i know that's a good question, Kyle. What do you know? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, that's a little bit more than I know. <laughs> I have yeah, negative knowledge on the subject. <laughs> that was the last thing I wanted to talk about. I just thought that was kind of a an interesting thing. Uh, it is. It is an interesting thing, but I've actually got something even more interesting to talk about. Oh, uh, could it be? It could. It could. Kyle, I was recently at uh, the, the deathbed of an old dying man, and he said, Dan, I have just one piece of wisdom that's going to change your life that you need to go forward with mm. and take away from this place. What was it? He said, Sue Pullen at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender, is the only certified mortgage advisor focusing on the needs of her clients to find the right product for them. He said all of that on his deathbed? Yeah, it was amazing. Wow. He went on. He told wow. me she's got over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners purchase, refinance, even reverse mortgages, and how she just loves to help. And I said, now, hold on, hold on here. Save your breath. You're dying. And he said, no, it's too important. You've got to understand. She's licensed in 25 states and growing. You've got to reach out. You can send her an email at spullen at fairwaymc.com, or you can just give her a phone call. 520-977-7904. And I said, give her a phone call. How old are you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're clearly dying of old age. What about a telegram? <laughs> 
need loans. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number 2289. Sue Pullen has an MLS number 206048. I asked him, like, how the fuck do you even remember those numbers? And he grabbed me by my, my shirt. He shook me. He said, that email again. It's spullen at fairwaymc.com. That phone number is 520-977-7904. And that was his last words. Wow. That's powerful. Yeah. So reach out, see what Sue could do for you. So what did you do? <laughs> I immediately called Sue and said, like, how do you get all of these people on your side? What's the magic? And she said, Dan, it's just focusing on the customer. Uh, mm, powerful stuff. Powerful, powerful. It really moved me to tears. Yeah, I could see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Well, Two Bulls in a China Shop is proud to be affiliated with the Trade Pro Academy, which is still alive and kicking. (laughs) (laughs) Trade Pro Academy is an educational platform that offers institutional trader development programs to new and experienced living independent traders. Translation, you can learn to trade like a big institution. They've got a great staff of highly knowledgeable and successful traders, and there's no better place that we've found to learn all you need to know to be a successful trader. Uh, we just recently attended their boot camp, and I got to say, man, that was a lot of a lot of fun, real eye opening. I'm I'm jazzed. Learned a lot about volume profile, volume ledges, how Vico plots his uh, his levels and finds those pivots. Yeah, wow. I I loved it. Yeah, I'm all jazzed to be trading. I gotta I gotta go back through and watch a couple of them over again. There there's just so much information packed into a, a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to check them out, you can find them at tradeproacademy.com or you can use our affiliate link in the episode description. Or alternatively, if you want to purchase something from them, you can use our Discord. Uh, there is a channel with our links. Uh, you get ten percent off if you sign up through us, and we are the only ones who do that because we're the only ones generous enough to reduce our cut to pass on the savings. <laughs> yes. Because we care more about you signing up than and learning than just to try and make money off of the signups. If we were trying to make money, we'd be we'd be trying to sell you shit. <laughs> I don't think we've tried to sell anybody anything yet. Uh, just just myself, but nobody's buying. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan. Should we talk about some stocks? Yeah, let's do it. Should we uh, should we start off with the biggest one? Yeah, Peloton. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I saw the headline pop up: Peloton halt in production of its bikes and treadmills. Um, I didn't see the reason why. The reason is actually the demand is waning. <laughs> and <laughs> like I thought when I saw that headline initially that like oh maybe they've been hit with COVID like they're you know they don't have enough workers to run the equipment. No, not enough people want their shit anymore. Yeah, it's pretty bad. That is really bad. The stock <laughs> fucking tanked Thursday when that news popped out. Mm-hmm. I did bounce quite a bit, though, uh, yesterday, uh, Friday. And I'm watching this thing, and uh, I very nearly picked up some puts uh, when it tagged, uh, I, think it, I think it tagged 28. I don't think this thing is done dropping. <laughs> I don't know how you can have that kind of news come out and people still want to buy your stock. In fact, I'm guessing the people that bought yesterday were shorts covering. Yeah, that was that was my estimation too. I went, I, I went on, I was on Reddit and I saw a thing the day after the night it, ha- it happened. What was it? Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course, we were we were watching it do its magnificent <laughs> drop all day, <laughs> uh, and and I got on Reddit and somebody was like really shilling hard, like, "Look, Peloton has the best customer base. All these customers fucking love Peloton, and they're all rich ass motherfuckers, and they're gonna keep subscribing." And so, yeah, just trying to make like this really bullish case, right, for Peloton. And all I could think was, how many shares are you still holding? Yeah. Are you out of money? <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you? Now you need us to buy for you? you get, right? Anybody trying to get me to buy, I immediately think, you already have some. You want to either have somebody to sell it to, or you want it to go up before you sell it. 
Yeah. I'll flip into the stock. I'm going to try to go through these charts quicker because I think we linger on these. Too long. Yeah. Um, I see a level at 32, a big ledge at 32. I don't think it's getting anywhere close to that again. Uh, there's another bit of a dip around 29, which I think is about where it tagged yesterday. Uh, there's a big drop off in that 22 to 20 and a half area, and it's never traded below like 1780. Mm. I think... Uh, I, I think that's below that's the target. I mean, if it falls below that, you've got no technicals to kind of support it. So if it falls below 1780, uh, it, it could, who knows where that bottom's going to be. Then it just becomes psychological numbers. It's like looking at all-time highs. Like you're just looking at big round numbers. Yeah, it's in 2020 pandemic territory of its price. Yeah. This this thing, it came out September 2019, IPO'd. Mm-hmm. In the twenties, got as high as high as it's like thirty six. Yeah, we're <laughs> it's in bad shape for sure. I am. I'm looking at that ten dollar target. I think that's where I'm watching for. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's, I think I think that's a solid target. Anyway, uh, what do you got? You got any uh, stock stories? Uh, yeah, Intel is building the largest semiconductor plant. This is in Ohio, right? Yeah. Yeah, $20 billion manufacturing hub near Columbus, Ohio. It's going to be a thousand acre location with two factories. They're going to, construction will kick off this year. What is it building? Does it say like what architecture or what size the chips are? Like, is this going to be their push into like uh, five or three nanometer technology or is this not specified? I didn't see specifically what chips they were trying to build there. Just that they're building it. Fucking building it. Yeah. Samsung and uh, TSM are building manufacturing facilities in Arizona and Texas. Mm -hmm. And Intel wants to do better. Mm. Wants to outbuild them. So the Senate did approve a $52 billion subsidy package for the semiconductor industry last June Mm -hmm. to offer grants to companies building new U.S. factories. But that hasn't passed the House yet. That needs to, though, because... I mean, at this point, that's a national security thing, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, no. Big, big time. Anyway, what's the stock look like? Uh, it looks like a stock. Looking at the start, started at the weekly, uh, we've had a bit of a pullback. It's 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 currently at $52 a share. I'd say the most recent low, around forty seven eighty. So it's it's kind of near there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this past week when everything went red, <laughs> it's 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 pulled back a bit, but it was just 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 made the the a higher high. So it really looking for a turnaround play. Uh, it was you know this summer it was as high as almost seventy, and we've been coming down off that. Well, they've been uh, they've been losing market share in the server division, which they've norm- usually had a stranglehold on to AMD. Yeah. So their earnings are coming out uh, next week too. So that's something to really watch and see if AMD is still taking market share from them or if they stem the bleeding on that. Uh, I do like your forty eight as a support. Fifty six is the peaks of that prior top. Uh, you've got some volume shells around fifty one, fifty three. Mm-hmm. Um, this looks like if, uh, if you're looking to add on a pullback, uh, pretty much right where it's at right now is one level of support, or you could wait for down yep. to 49 to 48 half. Yeah. Below that, then look for 43. Yeah. I think we, we may have talked about this one before because I have all my levels set. <laughs> well, I've looked at it a few times because I've tried to play it a, a couple different times. So yeah, no, I did. I added a couple new levels, but yeah, it's uh, it's nice how those levels you watch them and hey, they still work. They still work, <laughs> right? Sometimes you just have to tweak them a bit, but that's okay. Yeah, that's the whole idea. Uh, lastly, as far as stocks go, uh, there is an activist investor trying to uh, looks like take over talk and pressure Coles Group or Coles Corp. Coles uh, KSS dot N. They've been approached by a potential buyer uh, from an activist hedge fund. Uh, the firm is Starboard Values. Held talks with Coles the last few days to lay the groundwork for a bid. Mm. Uh, McKellum Advisors said on Tuesday that Coles should explore strategic options, including sale, adding it plan to nominate directors to the retails board. So basically, these investors came in and said, like, hey, your board sucks. You need to move on and push all these guys out. Could be true. <laughs> oh, I mean, this isn't the first time... I mean, this, these happen fairly regularly, it seems like. I remember uh, when I was working for CMC, uh, Carl Icahn, one of the legendary activist investors, like he was making a push towards our, our company, trying to put his own people on the board. So uh, it, it happens fairly often. I'm, I'm, I'm just now pulling up the Coles stock. Uh, it's, it's right at support, isn't it? It's 
kind of interesting. I mean, I'm looking at what they're... Uh, the meat of this, like apparently they're holding about seven to eight billion dollars worth of real estate holdings for a department store. Like, yeah, you could probably make some money off of that. But more importantly, how do we make money off of the stock? Huh? Well, one of the things that these investors are looking at them to do is to do something with the, you know, the the real estate balance that it has, and then uh, return the proceeds to the shareholders through a buyback, which could boost the stock to a hundred dollars a piece, is what McCallum says. So, where is the stock right now? I've not actually looked at it. Oh, it's a forty-six eighty-four. Forty-six eighty-four, yeah. Support not too far from there. Um, I mean, that looks like a massive flag to me, right? That depends on where you're looking at it from. From uh, I guess it's twenty twenty-one. Well, flags don't usually go year long, do they? <laughs> I'm looking looking at the daily. It had a crazy. I don't know what the news was at the end of October that pushed Coles from forty-seven up to sixty-two by the first half of November, but. It's come down pretty hard. Yeah, but look, it keeps it keeps failing the tops too, though. It does. I, I like the. There's almost like a tweezer bottom two weeks apart at forty five, forty four. Yeah, that held out. That. I really like. I really like that. So, and we're we're pushing towards to test that bottom. Looks like we're setting up. We could be setting up for a triple bottom. Yeah, if you wanted to try along right around that forty five area, you put your stop below the forty, right about forty three. Uh, below the the bottom, the previous low. Yeah, you could even do forty three half. Even if you get a, a pushback up into the uh, the two hundred day moving average, that's uh, still a pretty solid move. I mean, that's like seven dollars a share. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, the the green candle volume on the eighteenth and nineteenth was huge, and then the the twentieth and twenty first, the volume wasn't high, but the move it like reversed the whole move yeah. on half the volume. I'm looking at, I see a nice little volume ledge at about 51 half. I think that would make a nice price target if you're going long. Break above that, then look for a push higher. Maybe retest those, some of those highs in that 60 to 64 range. Uh, below 43 half and start to get a little more bearish. So there's not a whole lot of support until you get down to the 20s. Yeah, it's it's at its main support yep. right now. All right, let's move on. Any other stocks that you're watching? Mm, nothing, nothing of note um i was looking at tsm uh, we talked about this one previously so i won't spend too much time on it but it finally did break out of that massive channel that we've been watching uh back at the beginning of january mm-hmm. broke out kind of retested that zone then had earnings spiked hit a new high but kind of rejected off of that pretty hard uh it's come back down over the past uh, basically since earnings it's kind of dripped right back down to that 125 uh support area I mean, it closed at 124.53, but it's in that area. Um, I actually picked up a couple of longs uh, call options just to see if we get a bounce off of there. Something I can cut pretty quick, though, if it uh, if that area doesn't hold. I, I, I have a feeling you're going to get some kind of reaction off of that that acted as a really, really strong resistance over a long period of time. You have to think that that's gonna, there's going to be some kind of reaction there. I like it. Uh, and then the other one that I see people talking about a lot, we talked a bit about it on Discord, was PayPal. And I'm kind of pissed at myself because I've been watching 175 to see it break below that. Uh, I had another support level drawn at 179 and it retested that. And I was actually looking at when it kind of tagged that area and I was going to pick up some puts and I missed my entry because I was doing something else. And it's now decisively fallen below 175. It's trading at 163 now. Wow. Wow. And if you look at the volume profile, there's no support until you get down below 123. I mean, there's a couple little nudges at like 143, but there's not a whole lot that's going to hold this thing up, I think. Well, it could it, it could try it at one fifty eight, yeah, one, one and one forty eight, yeah. But but you're right. The big the big volume doesn't come out. Yeah, it doesn't come out until you know one twenty three. It's also a gap at one thirty nine that still needs filled too, and that's all the way back from April on twenty April twentieth. Look at it on the weekly, man. PayPal has just been dying since it was up at two sixty eight. Yeah, and look at that volume. Yeah, massive sell volume. <laughs> People are running away from PayPal, that is for sure. You're coming up to the 200-day moving average, too, so there might be a little bounce off of that. But I think if you can get a put entry somewhere around 175 on the share price, you'd probably, probably ride that down quite a bit. Problem is, with a, with a stock like that, you got to be able to afford a lot of time on the premium. To- yes. Yes, but you've got such a large dip that you're looking at here. I mean, uh, the 125 shouldn't be that expensive. That's true. By comparison. And it, that is true. You don't need it to actually hit that to make money. You just need it to continue following. Very true. All right, Kyle. Uh, 
we uh, we ready to talk about some crypto uh, earnings? Okay, yeah. Let's hear, let's hear, let's hear about the earnings. All kind right. Of on <laughs> uh, Monday, we've got IBM, Logitech, Steel Dynamics, SDI. Uh, Tuesday, Johnson & Johnson, GE, Verizon, Microsoft, Capital One, 3M. On the 12th, we've got Boeing, AT&T, Intel, Tesla, Progressive. On the 13th, Nucor, Robinhood, Visa, uh, Altera. And on the 14th, Chevron and Caterpillar. So we got a lot of big names coming up this week. And hopefully some of them have some better reports than what happened the previous week. Otherwise, there might be some more downside in this market. Yeah. If uh, the earnings keep disappointing, uh, things are not going to look good. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm in that camp. I don't think earnings are going to look good. And I think I think the slide continues. I'm going to go <laughs> ahead and publicly disagree with Vico. We're going to see 4,300 break on the futures before we see 5,000. Wow. That's a bold statement. Yeah. Well, here's the thing that here's the way I was kind of thinking about it. We're in the middle of a massive, you know, people uh, workforce resignation, right? They keep calling it the great resignation. So all these people are leaving work. All the things that were giving these people money to not work have kind of, uh, I think most of them are all gone now, right? Yeah. We're through the Christmas time when people, you know, traditionally spend anyway. There's supply chain issues where you can't even find this stuff, even if you do want to buy it. So people aren't making as much money. They're not being given as much money. How can they be spending like they had been before? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think you're, I don't, I find it hard to disagree with you. Yeah. I, I don't know why he's being so bullish. If you look at the ES on the weekly candles, you, you can, it tells a story. And that story is we're at support. We're right there. Yep. Which is, it's just going to take. But one more fucking week. <laughs> anyway. Well, we shall see, right? <laughs> we shall see. Let's talk about some crypto. Look at the news. What do you see? The cult of cryptocurrency. I know you're greedy. I know you need. You need that Bitcoin, either NFT. Okay, so it's it's probably not the world's most uh, shattering story, but you know we were talking recently about Turkey doing some currency stuff to prop up the value mm-hmm. of their currency. Well, recently Erdogan from Turkey met with the president of El Salvador, hmm. and we know El Salvador happens to be a big proponent of crypto. So there's a lot of chatter online, a lot of speculation. Will Turkey start to adapt Bitcoin like El Salvador did hmm. as a way to shore up and get away from their falling value of their is it lira, Turkish lira? It's kind of a sad state when Bitcoin is a better alternative than your currency. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, especially with the state Bitcoin's in at the moment. Right. Anyway, uh, we did get a message from Curtis Blankenship talking about, about Erdogan. It's not the first time, like you said, that we've talked about him. He said that uh, Erdogan is doing what we should have done, selling bonds for infrastructure instead of war. Turkey citizens can cut personal costs with good infrastructure. They have no use for bombs and tanks. Of course, Erdogan will skim some off the top like all dictators. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for tips on Celsius Network. See Uh, Thanks for the message, Curtis. And uh, yeah, you're right. Um, Most of us don't have uses for pops and tanks. uh, Yes. Until you you really do need them. (laughs) I've I've, I've personally never needed one, but, and and I hope to never need one, but. Right. uh, Yeah. Thank thank you for reaching out, Curtis. Uh, uh, Loving, loving the discussion. Uh, You know, I've been trying to start beef with Erdogan and Turkey for at least a week now, at least a week. Oh, that's right. That's the one. That's what was going on. I'm curious, Curtis, if you live in Turkey, because if you do, I'd like to hear more of your thoughts on what uh, what this meeting with El Salvador uh, you think might entail. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, Bitcoin not doing so hot right now. <laughs> no. Uh, the other big thing that happened this week in the crypto space was the Federal Reserve. Uh, they released their report on the. Uh, the God, I okay. The, I'm just going to read the headline of the story because it's okay. It doesn't say anything. <laughs> it's so wishy washy. Okay. Uh, Federal Reserve is taking the next step towards possibly launching a digital dollar. (laughs) Yes, taking the next step on a possibility. So they issued their report Thursday that explored the potential benefits and drawbacks of such a move without indicating where to land. (laughs) Shocking. Shocking. 
Yeah, the first line of the story, the Federal Reserve is taking the next step in weighing whether to launch a digital currency. Uh, They're asking the public to provide feedback on the question over the next 120 days, said that in any event, it'd only seek to create a digital currency with clear support from both the executive branch and Congress. Mm -hmm. Jerome Powell said in the statement accompanying the report, we look forward to engaging with the public, elected representatives, and a broad range of stakeholders to examine the positives and negatives of a central bank digital currency in the United States. Top officials themselves so far have appeared divided on the matter. Powell said last year the project would need to demonstrate clear and tangible benefits that outweigh any costs and risks. This sounds like it's not happening. <laughs> yeah. This sounds like they're this sounds like a dog and pony show. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, the digital dollar. Mm. <sighs> I guess we'll get there someday. Maybe. Ain't gonna be Bitcoin with these prices. Nope. I'm just gonna turn my back to the door here and shuffle my my papers. Nothing to be scared of. Draw motherfucker! Oh god damn it. <laughs> Uh, okay, I guess I can go first since, uh, well, wait a minute. If you draw, that means you shoot first. You go first. I shoot first. Yeah. Uh, my good was, uh, the trade trading options live in the, the boot camp. Oh yeah. Bought some apple puts. Oh yeah. You nailed that one. And, and I, 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 I was, the reason it, it was good was, uh, you know, we, we, v, Vico had been walking through the day before we'd looked at Apple, like the, the prep work. I was there in the seminar for the prep work. Mm-hmm. S- somebody in the seminar says, Hey, Apple puts are at this price at this strike are only 22 cents right now. I actually stepped away from the seminar and looked at, looked at the charts, stepped outside, was smoking a cigarette and, and made the play. Not on the puts that they, they brought up in the chat, but on mm-hmm. the ones I picked and watched the trade ended up getting out at, at a really good time, honestly. Yeah. Uh, about 35%. And then I went back inside and saw that Vico was trading it on the seminar and I was like, oh, hey, <laughs> sweet. But, you know, I was able to pull up the chart and, and look at it and make my own decision and be like, yes, no, this is the turning point. This is the perfect time to buy puts. And it, and it really was. Nice. It just sank like right, right after my entry. That was good. And I did, did all that correctly and properly. I have, I, I haven't been doing a lot of trading. So the fact that I did any was, and, and it was sex, successful, made me, made me feel good. Well, it wasn't just that the trade worked out. It was all the, the stuff that went into the trade that was good. Yes. Yes. The good was not the result of the trade, but in how the trade was executed. Uh, yes. And it's made me, maybe like we were chatting. I was like, Hey, we maybe, maybe do need a, one of these order flow websites. Like, it lit a fire in me to be like, Dan, you do understand this option stuff. You you should be taking a more active role in, in trying to <laughs> trade some options successfully. <laughs> it's funny how I think the futures, studying the futures has really helped us in the options. Mm-hmm. Big time. Um, my good uh, kind of follows similar theme. Um, I finally started taking journaling seriously. And Thursday, I think, was the first time I actually wrote out my daily plan as part of my morning prep. Rather than just plotting some levels and being like, okay, these are the zones I want to trade. I actually wrote out like, okay, this is my pivot. Right. This is the level I will short on a break and retest or uh, these are the breakout trades I'm allowed to take. These are my targets. And trading to that plan, I had great success on Thursday. Uh, Friday, I had good success in the morning. The issues I had with Friday was more due to the volatility and being inexperienced with that market. Because I was journaling, I was able to uh, look at the things that did work and didn't work. And because I had a clear and defined plan, it was so much easier to go back and look at that and come up with you know the changes that I need to make to get better. Mm-hmm. And I fully understand now why journaling is such an important thing. Writing out your plan too is, I, I can't I can't believe it took me this long to do it, which is actually my bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why did it take me so long to start doing the stuff that you should be doing if you want to treat this like a business? It, exactly. Oh. <laughs> anyway, what was your bad? My bad was also journaling. I didn't even journal that Apple trade. Oh, good Lord, Dan. Vico's yeah. going to lose his fucking mind if he comes on here and you're not journaling. Uh, hears that shit? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, today's Saturday. You can journal after your funeral. Yeah, right. Uh, what but- was your ugly? I didn't have an ugly this week. I would say not journaling is your ugly. Okay, there we go. Same <laughs> as the- bad. It was bad and ugly. Yeah, after the uh, the emphasis that uh, Vico put on that. Yep. Yeah, need to journal. Uh, my ugly is going through the journaling notes. I've been starting to find a tendency that I try to increase my size when trades aren't going my way. Like if I open up the day red, I start trying to increase size to try to get it back. And that's something that's going to break me if I don't fix that soon. Mm-hmm. That's all I wanted to say. Mm-hmm.
I made more money than you, so you go first. I do. Um, shit. What was I going to do? Oh, I'm just going to short Piton. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I was going to do that, but no, that's that's great. I'm going to short Piton. I'll put a stop at like 33, I guess. Short Piton, stop at 33. I'll take 50% profit at 1750. Okay. I oh, have to think of something else now. PayPal looks good too. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much just short anything, right? <laughs> I thought about just going with the triple leverage bear or a bull fund, the SPY, and go with the uh, try to try to take a bounce. Yeah, yeah, that's the. But I'm not good at calling the, bottoms. <laughs> nobody, nobody is. Um, okay, Dis- Disney sank like a stone this week. Yeah, and yeah, they're at like 137. They gapped down. On net bad Netflix earnings. Oh yeah, they get down ten dollars from one forty seven to one forty or five dollars to one forty one. So I'm actually going to play. I'm going to try and pick a bottom. I'm going to try and play a bounce on Disney. Okay. Uh, so I'll go. I'll go long on Disney. No go. No take profit. Uh, but if they do get below one thirty five, I want my stop flip short. Okay. And time for a random. Uh, one or odd or even? Even. And one through twelve. Four. Nasdaq Healthcare. Oh God damn it. Uh, I T O S. Some kind of therapeutics company. I T O S Therapeutics. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'll accept that. <laughs> Looks good. It's right in the middle of its fifty-two week range, but it's on a a bear cycle, so it's been sinking off of that high of fifty-two. Yeah, do, 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 big sell off from there. Mm-hmm. It's coming towards support at 32, 33. We'll see. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Kyle is shorting Peloton. I'm long on Disney. And, which, yeah, why am I going long when the market is red? And I'm like, the market's going to stay red. Oh, well, I got my flip short if it keeps going. <laughs> uh, and uh, random is ITOS. Iteos Therapeutics. Stay tuned. We'll be back at you soon and tell you the results of that thrilling bet. Like, share, subscribe. Let all your friends know. Let all your enemies know. We just want everybody to know about the China shop, how great it is. Mm-hmm. And until next time. Or how bad yeah. it is. You can tell us or that too. Or how bad. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> it's fine. We can take yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> we love your criticism. Love, love, love it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> until next time. Happy trades. Bye. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.